Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Joe Crone. This is your host, Alex Coos. And I'm Ralph Enough. And if you have heard that voice before, that means you've listened to a lot of episodes of Counter Charge because it's been a little while since you've been on, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's, uh, it's probably been... Six, six, eight months, somewhere in there, yeah. You know, for those who don't know, this is Joe Crone from Watch While Eye Studios, the one who's made that fantastic, well, many, many, as Alex and I were talking off air, many, many, many Chinese model ranges there, different, uh, both of the historical and the fantastical variety. So what's going on uh, currently over at uh, Watch While Eye? Well, we're, we're moving, we're moving uh, anxiously and, and a little bit slowly towards fulfilling the the terracotta Kickstarter that launched um, earlier in about about midway through 2019. Um, so we've had a few few delays in, in getting the products to the customers with uh, you know molding issues and casting issues and kind of your your typical uh, your typical Kickstarter woes. Um, but we're we're the lights light at the end of the tunnel is there and. Um, should be getting a, a big major shipment um, either by the end of this week or early next week to uh, to start shipping out a lot of those orders in uh, North America and, and the rest of the world. Uh, Europe's already starting to see a lot of their shipments go out, so uh, which basically means that we're uh, we're getting ready for the next one. Because once you finish one job, it's ready to move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, I've I have kind of a, a backlog of sculpted ranges already done, um, so it's just a matter of getting them into molds and, and, you know, getting them out to the public. And I, I, I'm a real firm believer in not launching another Kickstarter until the one that I've already uh, finished is, is, is a hundred percent done. Um, I've seen, seen other companies out there run into some real, some real financial and customer service issues uh, trying to do multiple Kickstarters and, run out of muddy and shipping issues and production issues. So I'm slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely. I think too, it communicates something to your customer when, um, or, you know, when, when, when folks do, uh, jump to the next one while they haven't finished delivering the, the previous one, sometimes those customers of that previous Kickstarter might feel a little slighted that, Hey, you know, you, you've, you shifted your attention and you're forgetting about me. And so there's something to be said with fulfilling your, you know, fulfilling all those obligations before you move on to the next big thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm as much a toy soldier collector as anybody else, even, even though I, I own my own company. And, um, I just recently, uh, participated in a Kickstarter where they, they threw us, threw us a curveball. Um, they, you know, they shot us out an email saying, Hey, our, our last Kickstarter, um, is still in production. So there's going to be a, a several month delay on the one that you just contributed to. You would ho- you would have hoped that that would have been something that would have been communicated in the FAQ on the Kickstarter page. Yeah, and, and it might have, um, but I'm I you know I, I I read comic books, so I don't I don't do an awful lot of uh, <laughs> uh, fine print reading. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it's nice to see uh, a company with a, a bit with some integrity when in you know in the land of Kickstarter when you just don't just launch a new one to fund the last one kind of thing. So yeah, and and you know I'm I'm in a 
a weird place with Kickstarters. Uh, most people use the Kickstarters to generate generate the cash to uh, be able to produce the the you know the particular items that they're 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 showcasing. Um, I I am at a place now going into the third Kickstarter where I've been using the revenues from the previous Kickstarters um, to generate the cash for the next one. So the, the, the next Kickstarter that hopefully will be coming out in March, um, you know, the sculpting, um, a lot of the manufacturing, that's all been done and dusted and paid for. So it's, it's really, I'm using Kickstarter as a way to kind of launch the product rather than, um, pay for the funding to launch it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's the strength of your previous ones. Like, I think there was a bit of a, I think you probably identified a hole in the market for that, you know, an Eastern themed, you know, miniatures range. And I think you're really knocking it out of the park with these. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's not very well represented in a lot, you know, a lot of companies out there and, you know, I've I've been in the industry for probably 20 years and, you know, speaking with a lot of the owners of, of the larger companies um, that are out there, um, a lot of people are really hesitant to get into to Asian ranges um, because of the lack of translated texts and, and lack of understanding of, you know, military tactics and, um, you know, uh, good documentation on what the armies looked like and uniforms and um, it, it, it can be tough. Um, the internet obviously makes it a lot easier. Um, and there are things like, you know, Japanese samurai that, you know, there's a ton of information out there, but, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm particularly working on ranges that are going back to, you know, 500, 400, 300 BC. Um, so there's just, there's just not a ton of stuff out there. But yeah, there's such a rich, like cultural, you know, there's a depth there and then also just the mythological depth for, you know, the Kings of War players who have, you know, a bit more fantastical uh, interests. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm the, the next range, which is, which is the, uh, Mayuran Indian, um, uh, dynasty, uh, the fantasy range. I'm, I'm super excited about. There's a lot of just unbelievable, uh, character and the mythological and, and kind of deity creatures um, in the Indian culture. And yeah. um, you, you can just, you, you can just make miniatures for days just based on, 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 the, on the looks of, of, you know, their gods and their, and their folklore. Yeah. There's pantheon of gods is huge and all sorts of different uh, mythological creatures. We, we wouldn't really ever have seen. And from like a Eurocentric kind of perspective. Yeah, yeah, there's some, some there's some decent representation in like role playing. Um, you know, they've kind of glommed on to to the to the creatures in Indian culture. Um and they and, you know, they it's it spreads across the board too, right? So, you know, even a lot of the the Chinese mythological beasts, uh you'll see in in, you know, Japanese culture as well. It kind of it kind of carries over. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I think a lot of people will be able to identify with with the creatures. It's just sometimes having your own take on what they look like and and obviously trying to fit it into uh games out there that exist um as well as um you know the, the game that i'm i'm working on as well before we get to the uh the new range what's been going on with your existing uh chinese range you got any new additions since the last time we chatted 
Um, nothing like a release schedule per se. Uh, basically, what I did is I, I piggybacked on the Terracotta Kickstarter and released um, a fistful of, you know, historical Chinese items uh, where this, the sculpting was so so similar. Um, so, for example, there's there's a catapult um, that's coming out with a Terracotta range. So all I need, really needed to do was sculpt a uh, a Chinese counterpart. So we did that. So they're they're releasing. Um, there's a Chinese war drum uh, kit that's coming out as well with the the, the Chinese uh, those big Chinese like kind of kettle drums. So there's there's a few things like that. Some characters uh, mounted on horseback, uh, that, that kind of thing. So there's just kind of a spattering that. Uh, I didn't have to do in the original Kickstarter that since we were sculpting the, the terracotta counterparts, it was very easy to just be like, yeah, let's 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 add some more to the to the existing range. And how about you know? I know we had talked last time. You have some uh, contacts over in Europe helping with some of the the molding and the distribution and stuff. So how how is that? Is that changed at all? Or still you know how, how do people get a hold of your models or your existing range? What I've been doing is ordered something from my website and I've been actually passing that order over to my, my partner in, in Europe, which is uh, Anstey Castings. Um, Andy's a, a great guy. He's been doing this for years and uh, he's doing a ton of shows. So he's a, he's a good resource. I a bit, uh, got a good reputation. So uh, he's been fulfilling my, my orders in Europe. Um, and he, with the exception of maybe one or two codes, um, he's been exclusively doing the manufacturing for the terracotta range. Um, so that's kind of added a little bit of lag time with uh, order for fulfillment because I, I have to send all the uh, the masters over to England and then he molds it and he's a one man he's a one man operation just like myself. Um, so he does all the manufacturing and then he does castings for not only Europe but also for the rest of the world and then ships those to me. So there's so there's a lot of downtime um, in shipping and customs and um you know waiting for molds to to cool off and casting and all that all that fun stuff absolutely but so yeah the people can continue to buy stuff from your from your website watchfulistudio.com that's correct yep yeah and awesome then, uh anstey caching anstey castings um i believe that co.uk is uh he also has a web store up as well so before we get you know leave the Chinese completely, do you do you foresee coming back to the Chinese range uh, sometime in the near future or in, in the distant future? Probably. Well, that's it's kind of a loaded loaded question because it, as far as the the Qin Dynasty is concerned, which is what the which is what the range kind of centers on right now, um, it'll probably be the distant future. I have some a couple of war machines I want to hit. Um, as some more characters, um, but uh, I'm, I already have a Warring States range, um, 100% sculpted, uh, which which will be a great uh, accompaniment to to the Qin Dynasty. So, if someone wants to mix and match the army, the, the basically the armor or weapon styles, um, they could absolutely do that and have a really a really neat looking army, or they could stick with one range or the other. So. Um, the Warring States will be uh, probably a Kickstarter that'll be after the Indians. Um, I'm hoping maybe in the summertime. Fantastic. Well, let's. You, you mentioned it. Let's let's talk about this new Indian Kickstarter. Um, I think you had some of the sculpts already kind of floating around back the last time we chatted. I know this was been on your 
your your radar for a long time, but maybe take us way back to when did it when when and where did you think I need to do an Indian range and uh, a historical Indian range, and I want to have fantastic elements possibly evolved and just kind of give us the background. Sure. Yeah. So um, it was a it was a big range I wanted to tackle early on because uh, it's a it's a relatively popular range when it comes to historical wargaming. Um, I think also it has a tremendous amount of, of character with the war elephants. Um, so it, it, it definitely has its standouts. I mean, you know, most, most games you see nowadays, they, they have those huge kind of centerpiece models and, and the Indians can, can offer that with, with a lot of war elephants, which I think is cool. Um, so pretty much, uh, while the, the original Kickstarter, the Chin Dynasty Kickstarter was being, um, fulfilled, uh, the sculpting was already happening for the Indians, and that was uh, back in 2015. Um, so, and then you know, life has a funny way of of putting putting things on hold. Um, particularly that this is a a labor of love at the moment. Um, so we we had a, a new addition to the family. Um, so that took up a a a lot of a lot of extra time. <laughs> Um, so Watchful Eye Studio was kind of on a hiatus for about two years. Um, nothing new came out, um, but there were things that were happening on the behind the scenes with, with you know, sculpting and development. Um, so that's kind of where it started. Um, and, the you know, the, the vast majority of the range, um, the... Uh, the infantry um, and the elephants were have been done for a couple of years. Um, so we had to add in some chariots and some cavalry, and that pretty much finished off the historical range, um, which allowed us to start dabbling into some of the fantastical elements. Um, we we started with some uh, some kali representations with a with a larger kind of giant sized kali, um, and then some basically what we're calling uh, children of kali, which are a little bit bigger than human size. Um, and uh, we have some some other elements in the uh, the Venara, which are basically like uh, monkey humanoid type warriors. Um, so that's so, that's kind of kind of where we're sitting at the moment. Although there's some new fantasy elements that have been added. So with all these like the historical and the fantastical elements, like how, you've been working on the sculpts for a few years. Like how how much research? like went into into this like it seems pretty extensive like the detail like what all the different armors and different weapons and stuff and how so how how long was the research portion of this yeah yeah it's 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 kind of just um it's i I basically pick um i guess you could say like a troop type um so i might want to pick you know start with the infantry um so then i i just pick that one item and i spend you know, lots of times researching books, uh, looking at army tactics, weapon types, um, you know, try to get pictures from museums, um, any archaeological digs. Um, if they had they found some weapons or, you know, um, uh, weapon heads or anything, anything that I can use to try to uh, bring in accuracy, um, you know, I'll do that first. And then I, I basically write up a brief to our 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 concept artist and then the concept artist draws the pictures that show um you know the clothing the weapons 
um, and in particular the posing. And you can see a lot of that on the website under the yeah. projects pages. Um, and then I give that concept art with a another briefing to the sculptor, um, you know, giving them instructions and essentially how I want it to, to be done. And I think the Indians, I think, showcase more of our preparation than the Chinese did. The Chinese, I, I, I love, they're the first army we did, but, um, you know, we had one pose of, of heavy infantry with its myriad of weapon types and they're all marching. So it kind of has that really kind of static feel, which is what I wanted in the army. I wanted it to look like it was an, it was an army on the march. Um, mm-hmm. the Indians, we decided to do a much more kind of skirmish oriented action pose, um, look to the army. Um, and that, you know, brought in a whole new element of, uh, back and forth with the sculptor. Yeah. I think it looks, they look really great. I think you get some really cool new, new weapon types that were, that aren't as common, I think. And, you know, with, like I was saying earlier, like with the Eurocentric or even like some people are more familiar with like Central and South American stuff from, you know, lizard men from Warhammer, but like, you know, like the, the maces and the gadas and stuff, which are very like, you know, quintessential Indian weapons. Yeah. Yeah. And wait, wait till you see the, uh, the fantasy, the fantasy stuff. Um, there, there'll be a lot more, um, eclectic weapons, um, in the mix with, with them. Um, uh, because a lot of that, a lot of that weird weaponry was, you know, more ceremonial than anything else, but it, it'll just look cooler on, on fantasy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and that, and that's, that's kind of the, you know, going from the Chinese range to the Indians. Um, the other thing that kind of occurred was coming to the realization of the type of war game that I wanted to write. Um, you know, initially we were thinking, uh, a rank and flank, um, Kings of War type game. Um, and then as I thought more about it, um, the rules that I'm going to be developing are going to be more skirmish oriented. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, more like a, like a saga or, you know, Age of Sigmar or, or um, Lord of the Rings or something like that, where you're, you know, your guys are going to be individually based on, on round bases. And what's the thought process there? Is that just what you think the, the, the potential customers and the community would be looking for? Is that, is that what you're thinking or? Well, I mean, you know, there's, um, skirmish, skirmish games are, are kind of an easier entry to the marketplace. Um, I mean, that's why you see even, even, you know, even companies that, that do mass battle games still find a way to do skirmish games that allow people to collect, um, you know, a smaller range of miniatures and eventually build into that, that rank and flank game. Um, and I think the skirm, the skirmish games, you know, people nowadays it's different. Um, you know, when I was younger and, and, you know, we we're people would play, you know, a, a, a ton of different game systems. And when you were bored of playing, you know, 40 K or fantasy, then you jumped into one of their smaller games and it was all pretty much games workshop. Centric. Nowadays, there is such a, a games out there that that you can jump into, um, you know. And I, you have to have a realization of the type of company um, you're going to be in this industry. And although I love what I do, it's not going to be. Um, it's not. It's not going to take up a ton of market share. 
<laughs> it's going to be something that uh, people do on the side, um, uh, you know, or use it for other other game systems. So I wanted to try to create a game that is going to allow people to, you know, take, you know, a small amount of miniatures and and say, hey, let's let's try this rule system out without, you know, having to paint, you know, two hundred guys. Yeah, and I think that's the way the whole industry is going, right? I mean, uh, on one side, you know, the ranks and flanks and big mass combat, there are, especially on the historical front, there are so many rule sets already existing that people could buy your models and they can just they can just put them right into the game, base them up however they need to base them up. Uh, but I, you know, all the different companies from Osprey down, you know, we've seen all kinds of interesting skirmish or small model count games, and and I think. Um, I think you hit on it. The barrier to entry is smaller. Um, it's a little less of a, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those games where if, the, if people are playing something else, they have time to play it on, on this game because it's not as big of an investment. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, if if you kind of if you kind of stick to the to the basing standards of the industry, you know, even though they um, they may they may purchase my stuff for another game. They can turn turn around and, and use it for my game system and give give it a try, um, you know, and hopefully hopefully they like it. Um, and I've written uh, one other rule book, um, and again, it's not a super popular uh, time period or uh, game system out there. But uh, the people that have played it and have given me feedback um, were really happy with how the rules were designed. So that 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 kind of boosted my confidence into into trying something something different. In terms of the rule set, are are you trying to do anything like? Do you, do you see yourself doing anything novel or something unique that you haven't seen in other rule systems? I think the uh, no. I mean, it's 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 kind of like uh, writing a script for a movie nowadays, right? I mean, everything's been done. All right, they're all sequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, everything's a sequel. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of um, you know making a clean set of rules that are. Uh, that are fun to play and you're not, you know, you're not, you're not buried, you know, your nose isn't buried in a rule book trying to figure out how that, how that rule functions or, uh, you know, the special rules or, or, you know, anything like that. I mean, uh, I think the best example I can, I can give in the marketplace, which I, I really think got a bad rap on how it was released. Um, and I speaking from experience because I was working for the company at the time, um, was Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it's, by far one of the cleanest set of skirmish rules in the market. Um, and it's kind of like the rules are checkers, but the strategy in your head is chess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I, I would inspire to create it would be um, something similar to that. And um, there'll be some Asian, Asian themes to it. Um, you know, one thing in particular is, is the, uh, the, the five elements that you see, represented in, in a few other Asian game systems um, will be utilized um, hopefully in a really kind of neat way um, that will give some people a lot of, a lot of thought process on, uh, on how they're going to uh, move and, and play with their toy soldiers. And in terms of army lists, is it mainly the army ranges that you're supporting or do you, do you assume that you'll have other army lists maybe that you don't even make yet? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've, I've delayed on, on really, really, you know, putting the gas pedal down on, on the rules. I mean, I have a lot in my head and I have some of it written, um, but I, I haven't really made a huge push for it because I wanted, 
I wanted, you know, three or four of my own ranges in the marketplace. Um, because let's face it, if, if I want to do a nice, sexy looking rule book, um, having, you know, uh, every other page of painted Qin Dynasty Chinese warriors is not going to be very exciting. Right. Um, right. Or using somebody else's so wanna, model range isn't necessarily the best business practice either. So. That's absolutely right. So, so, you know, I wanted to have a, a handful of ranges out there, but there's also going to be some ranges that uh, I might do some supporting miniatures for, but not really touch because they have um, a great representation of, of plastics and, and things of that nature. So, but the, um, the, fo- the focus will, will be mainly on uh, Asian civilizations. So awesome. do you have like the next few kind of mapped out beyond the, uh, you, you mentioned the warring states after the, the Indian ones. And then do you have an, a few more kind of planned after that? Yeah, I have I have about um, about eight civilizations that I've, I've done research on. Not a ton, but um, I have, you know, I've collected some some artwork of of, of uniforms and weapon styles, and, and it's all going to be focused around the same time period. So um, kind of that 400 to 200 BC. Um, so there'll be some civilizations in there that uh, no one's ever ever seen miniatures for um there's a uh, there's a vietnamese dynasty um that i want to do some some stuff for uh we'll 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 touch upon uh some chinese uh, barbarian you know kind of basically the pre the pre-mongols um mm-hmm. we're going to flush those out and do a, a, a be able to feel that as a full army um there's a japanese um dynasty that's uh, around this time period as well and, and no it's not samurai um, uh, they, they're, they're carrying bronze weapons and they're, they're super, super caveman like. <laughs> so, um, there's a, uh, a Korean dynasty, um, that has some really, really cool weapon options and uniforms. Um, and then, you know, going West, um, uh, towards, you know, the Alexander successor States, uh, we'll, we'll touch it. We'll touch upon some stuff in there as well. Very cool. Well, in terms of materials, you know, you you got elephants in this new range. What what are you thinking? I mean, I know historically you've pretty much been a ma- a metal guy. Um, what's the plan? So we're you're going to see some miniatures in the terracotta range that will be in resin. Um, typically, uh, like the the dragon bodies, it won't be the full the full kit, um, but some of the the thicker, heavier pieces will. Uh, will be resin. Um, I, I'm not sh- I think the giant, um, the giant will be in resin and like the dragon body, uh, the terra, the terracotta palace guard, um, food dog, um, will also be in resin at least to start with. So yeah, so we're, we're already, we're already dabbling in, in resin and, uh, the elephant, uh, will probably be in resin as well. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a chunky, chunky piece. Now the, the body's, two halves um but the head is a solid a solid piece so yeah i can't uh, even imagine how much that would weigh if it was all metal <laughs> uh yeah like, uh, yeah i don't i don't think i don't think we're going to do it in metal i mean we're not there yet um, the um the nice thing about the indian ranges is is all the infantry is um 100% produced so um there are they're already in production molds and i actually have a a an inventory in my home um 
and he's the manufacturer is working on the Calvary at the moment. Um, so I'm hoping um, by the time that the Kickstarter begins, uh, the the vast majority of the historical range should already be in production, and I have casting, so it should dramatically speed up the uh, the delivery time. You have like examples of all the infantry on the website too, which and they look really great. Like there's some pretty good detail in the in the sculpts and and the and like you were talking about, the poses are a little more varied. Yeah, and I and ironically, the uh, the stuff that you're seeing on the website is those are all 3D prints. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So now I, I'm I'm working on painting the metals. I, I have some samples of the metals. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you've been poking around on the, on the website or Facebook, but there's, there's a, some pictures of the, uh, elephant, um, uh, floating around. And there's also, uh, I recently posted a picture of a, a Garuda, which is like the, uh, the, the, the eagle humanoid. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are 3d prints as well, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, the, 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 the quality that we're getting out of the, the casting is, is been awesome. And we've actually tried something, um, completely new with the, the casting process. Uh, we basically have taken a 3d print and put it right into a production mold, uh, rather than taking a 3d print, making a master and then taking the masters and putting it into a production mold. So we've skipped a step. So the, the, the miniatures themselves, um, are, maintaining the detail better but they're also a, a tad bit thicker because every time you put a, a miniature mm-hmm. in a mold it loses a little bit of its um it, it, of its girth um so so the, the quality that i've seen um with the production castings that i've gotten for the infantry so far is, is, is actually pretty awesome sounds like you're using the right partners so far yep yep they've, they've been great so what do you want to do with this Indian range? I mean, wh- how far do you want to take it? Uh, as you said, you've got, all, I think, most of uh, the historical stuff. I think you've got it all designed and most of it's already in production. Um, so where where do you take that? What's left to do for that? And then let's talk about some of this fantasy stuff because that's, I mean, out of all the stuff you've ever produced, some of that stuff you've shown is, <laughs> it's really, really cool. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um yeah, I mean, the Indians, for the most part, are I, – I don't really know what else I would add. There's there's a there's a, a really funky um, two-handed sword um, that some of the warriors used, and, I, you know, I could go back and do them. Um, but, I mean, realistically, it was, it was a pretty, pretty simply armed, you know, fighting force. Um, they didn't have they didn't have complex you know war machines um, you know that, that I've been able to, to see um, you know the the one thing that we we really I say we but uh, the one thing that you know I, we focused heavy on is there's uh, a tremendous amount of variance for the war elephant um, there's a uh, an unarmored version there's an armored version there's uh, there's a howda uh, there's officers there's regular crewmen. Um, there's two different sculpts for the, uh, the Mahut. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of variation that you can do, and, and it's all interchangeable. Um, so uh, I'm still trying to figure out actually how I'm going to sell the kits uh, because there's just so much stuff that you can, you could feasibly put into one, you know, one, one product code. 
Um, but as far as the, the fantasy stuff is concerned, um, I, I did a lot of kind of reading, um, on Kings of War stuff, uh, Ninth Age stuff, and, and what I tried to do, just like what I, what I did with the Terracotta Range, is kind of tailor the army so if people want to collect it for a Kings of War army, uh, or a Ninth Age army, um, they have options available to them. And, um, I thought the best fit for, um, the Indian fantasy range would be, a, would be a herd force, would be a herd army. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Um, especially, you know, the, the fluff of the herd, um, you, you got a very dynamic force of nature kind of thing. And I think looking at your sculpts, you have that dynamism built in. Um, and you know, Compare, compare <clears throat> excuse me, comparing it back to the Chinese, I mean, these have a lot less armor, it, it seems like, and it's uh, a lot more bare-chested uh, muscles showing in, 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 in the fantasy side with the simians. I mean, just, wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I can imagine this is going to be a really cool-looking army because um, you've got some guys, you know, pose or mo- creatures posed on, like, branches and uh, really unique, very dynamic poses that could really for Kings of War, really work well into a, di- a diorama base. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I agree with you. And, um, yeah, the, the Venara are really cool because they're, they're actually, they're, they're sculpted to be almost, I guess you could say, uh, kind of goblinoid. Um, they're not, they're not human sized. They're, they're more, they're more like larger chimpanzee kind of, kind of monsters. Um, so, but the, the, the branch, the branches and, um, you know, like one of the chieftains or I think both the chieftains are sitting on like a plinth. Um, so it gives them a little extra height, little, little kind of beefiness to them. Um, but, uh, but, but they're, they're teeny guys. I like, I really like the, the sword that the, the chieftain guy has. That's a, it's a really unique kind of cool weapon. I think I'm looking forward to like seeing all the different, like more, fantastical weapons where you have like a little, you don't have to play too close to reality with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to try to keep to the aesthetics, you know, of, of, you know, someone would say, yeah, that looks kind of distinctly Indian or at least Asian. Um, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to break that, that wall. Right. Where it's just like, yeah, that dude just slapped on, uh, you know, European weapons on a, on a weird fantasy Asian force. Um, you know, I want to, I want to show some uniqueness to it. Um, you know, and I think one of the cool, the cool parts about this range is, is a lot of the, of the, the beasties and creatures in the Indian culture have, you know, four or six arms. Um, so we'll be using that quite a bit in, in the army. Um, so the, to represent basically the, um, the minotaurs, uh, I believe they're called Ganeshas. I uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's they're basically four-armed uh, elephant humanoids. Um, so we'll be we'll be utilizing them and uh, for, for for things of that nature. And um, I'm, you know, some of the changes to the to the herd list in third edition um, kind of threw me for a loop because uh, I had a <laughs> list of already what I wanted to do. Um, you know, both to satisfy uh, my game system, but also uh, the existing ones out there. And, 
um, with adding in some of that forces of nature stuff and changing the chariot to a, a minotaur chariot. Mm-hmm. Um, the stampede, like, oh, right? Uh, what am I going to do about that? <laughs> yeah, so, you and a lot of other people. Yeah, you and a lot. Of, <laughs> uh, but but I'm excited, Joe. What you're going to do for a Minotaur chariot, right? I mean, that opens up a whole new level of craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I I'll I'll let you know when I think of it. Because um, right <laughs> now I'm still I'm still I'm still tossing around ideas. Well, you've got the chariot. I mean, the the the, the historical chariot is fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's it's a fantastic looking model, and uh, I'm sure you'll figure out some way to, you know, the crew or maybe the mounts, you know, pull the you know, the beast of burden, something. You're gonna put a little twist on it, and it's gonna become something special. I think some sort of small elephantine beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm, I, it's <laughs> I don't I don't know where to go with it. Um, I mean. You know, one of the things that um, will probably um, – I just want to kind of mention it because I, I think it's important. You know, a lot of the stuff that we we work on is, you know, based on, um, you know, religious icons and things of that nature. And, and this isn't a religious rant by any stretch of the means. But what I want to do is I, as in the miniatures that we sculpt, I do want to pay respect to why they are the way that they are. So um, in a lot of ways, you'll see, um, you know, flowers and weapons and icons and, and things of that nature that, that are on these particular bodies that have significance in the, you know, the religions that they're, they're part of. Um, and that, and that was, that's just the way I, that I want to pay respect to, you know, something that's bigger and, and grander than, than myself. Um, but I think these, these are just cool, uh, you know, cool ideas to put on a miniature table and, and play some games with. Well, I think this kind of plays into the, like having the army be internally like coherent, right? It has like its own, you know, mythology within itself that makes sense. You can create a better story and things, even if you're taking some liberties, if you have like, Consistent kind of place to, that you're starting with it gives it a little bit more authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing that you'll notice, um, or people will, is the the Indian elephant that, uh, or the Asian elephant that we're going to be using is is actually quite a bit larger um, than it would be in real life. Um, and the main reason for that is, is when we sculpted it to scale with a human, um, it literally looked like a pygmy elephant. Um, it just was, it just, you would, you would giggle to see these on the table rather than be like, Oh, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of elephants on the other side. So we, we, we kind of bumped up the, the scale a little bit, um, to kind of put it a little bit more in line with an African elephant, uh, or even a little bit bigger than an African elephant. But the, the um, the aestheticism of it is is correct. You know the number of toes, um, how the skin is, the ears, that kind of thing. It's still an Asian elephant, uh, but it's just bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more. I can't wait to I can't wait to see a, a horde of these things <laughs> on the table. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I have three uh, three elephants um, <laughs> painted up at the moment. Um, I've been I've been printing them out and painting up the different variants that I can I can show off. 
and I and I constantly put the three together, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you, can you fit three on a large cavalry horde? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you might be able to. Um, you know, I I have them on. I think these are eighty mil rounds. Um, so you could probably you could probably fit them on a on a like a fifty by you know fifty by one hundred right cherry basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could probably put three of them three of them across and. You know, call that, call that a chariot. What, awesome. what would that be nowadays? Is that a, a regiment now? Yeah, that's oh, a regiment. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't worry if you don't know the base size changes too. I mean, there's they've yeah, all they've changed. especially chariots. <laughs> they've they added a bunch of new ones and taken some away. So, uh, so what's been the response so far? Obviously, you've posted on your website on the Facebook page. You've I've seen uh, several several polls where you're asking for input in terms of. I'm trying to gauge the interest first, you know, historical and fantasy. So what's been the response from the community? Um, Massively historical and fantasy. Yeah, by by far. So and and that's fine. And we have, um, you know, we have uh, probably a a half a dozen product codes. Well, probably more than that. Um, You know, we have, I'd say less than 10 product codes of, of fantasy items that we could, we could throw into the mix. Um, the only, uh, the only thing with that is, is, is none of them are, you know, manufactured yet. Um, I've, I've, I've printed a bunch. Um, I've painted a couple. Um, but, uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't gotten them into, into production yet. So, um, so right, right now, I think the big, um, the big thing for me is going to be deciding how the actual Kickstarter is going to lay out, um, and what are the stretch goals going to be? Um, cause it's always weird having a stretch goal for items that you've already, um, sculpted and produced. <laughs> so, um, so we're trying to, I'm trying to figure out how it's all going to, all going to pan out. You know what though, that, that's not a bad thing. I know there's other, uh, miniature companies that do that because you've basically got a jumpstart on the whole process. So you may not have them all done, but by the time the Kickstarter is over, you know, you, maybe you have half of them ready to go, or maybe you've got 75%, but all that means is, um, number one, the customers are going to get their stuff faster. But number two, I've always been a big fan of, Hey, look at this. I'm not just telling you the, what I'm going to do. I'm showing you here is the actual model. Here's an example of the range sculpted in metal, whatever it is. And, and you can, you can give you, know, you can show somebody in real terms what they're getting. Cause you know, a lot of these miniature one, uh, Kickstarters, uh, you know, either they're STL files or the ones that are going to give you the models. You know, a lot of them are just 3d renders, which you can get an idea from, but, I like to see, you know, show me that real model, show me with the real detail and, and all that great stuff. And it sounds like that's what you're going to be able to do. Yes, that's a real game changer, I think, for Kickstarters. Yeah, and, and you know, in the, the Chinese one, we we pretty much hit our fulfillment date. Um, the Terracotta one, not so much. I think our fulfillment date was August or September. Um, so we're, we're a little bit behind in that regard. Um, and again, you know, being a second Kickstarter... I learned learned some some valuable lessons that I didn't learn on the first one, so I'm hoping the the Indian one runs a little bit smoother. Um, but I I take I take the Kickstarter and the fulfillment uh, incredibly serious. Um, you know, I'd get I'd get a second, I'd get a third job to make sure that that people got the the toys that they they bought. Um, 
So it's it's very very important to me to to build that reputation uh, with with the consumer out there because you know I don't have a huge audience, so I, I gotta I gotta I gotta hold on to the to the ones I got. <laughs> well, so, to be fair, once you uh, see these, once they see this Indian Army and some of these fantastical elements, if they didn't know you before, they certainly will now. <laughs> yeah, and and I've gotten a uh, you know just a good response. I think I think it's probably the most anticipated range. Um, but then again, it's you know it's also been out there for you know what three four years now, um, kind of lingering. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of people, I get a lot of emails a week saying, Hey, when are the Indians coming? Um, right. So, uh, so hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll, you know, represent that. But the, you know, the guys that, uh, backed the terracotta one, uh, have been fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, they, they shoot me an email saying, Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, is it shipping anytime soon? Um, and I've been, you know, I post some updates. I posted one today. Um, and you know, the guys just say, Hey, awesome job. Keep up the good work. Thanks for communicating. I mean, they've been, they've been phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, not a, not a negative, naggy comment at all. Everybody's been been super supportive, um, and that makes me even want to work harder to make sure that you know we're hitting those dates that we we promised. Um, so so I hope the Indian one uh, goes off without a hitch. Well, you understand the value of communication, right? I mean, if you communicate with your with the folks, that that resolves most of the problems up front. Besides that, though, what other tips have you learned? I mean, this is not your first rodeo. You've been down this Kickstarter thing a few times, uh, and so you must have developed like the secret handbook. Um, besides communication, <laughs> what's that number? What's the next tip? Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that I, I've started to do, and I don't know if the the Indian Kickstarter is going to be a good representation of it, but you know, I want I want to spend a little bit more time, kind of kind of polishing um, my uh, presentation. Um, you know, I, again, it's, it's, I'm an army of one. Um, you know, I hire sculptors, I hire concept artists, I hire the manufacturers. So I, I spend a, an exorbitant amount of the money that I get to pay other people to, to do the work. And, and I just don't have that the talent, um, to do it. Uh, so I try to save money where I can. So I'm, I'm trying to teach myself, um, uh, you know, Photoshop and try, you know, make my own videos. And, um, you know, I, I invested in the first Kickstarter and in, in buying 3d printers. Um, so I do my own printing rather than paying, uh, somebody else to do it. So I've, you know, I've taught myself that. Um, so I try to, I try to, uh, you know, save where I can and utilize my, my skills where I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, manufacturing is, is a huge, is a huge, huge part of it. And, uh, um, that's why I was very, very adamant with the Indian Kickstarter that I get as much produced with an inventory, uh, done as possible to, to kind of mitigate, mitigate that risk. Sounds like you got everything figured out. So going yeah. in, so going <laughs> into this Kickstarter, what do you think the, now that you have most of the historical range sorted and the fantastical range, like in your head, what, what's your favorite, like, uh, what's your favorite group of troops or, you know, what miniature are you looking forward to most, like getting out into the world? Um, oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I really, really like, uh, the Garuda that, um, that was just recently sculpted. Um, so they're like, they're about a human, human sized 
kind of eagle hum, uh, humanoid. So they have uh, eagle heads, uh, wings, uh, human, basically human body with eagle talon legs. Um, and, you know, they, they could be used as, you know, harpies or gargoyles or whatever. And, and they, they, again, just like the, the Venara, um, are on, you know, standing on tree branches and, um, and they're in some, some really, really cool poses. Um, so I like, I really like them. Um, the other ones, um, that I, I'm really, really going to like actually haven't been sculpted yet. And those are the Rakasha. Um, which are basically like they can be really kind of almost a, a myriad of animals, but uh, the, our focus is going to be a, uh, they're like were tigers, so oh, they're cool. humanoid humanoid tigers, um, and th- those will essentially be the kind of the main the mainstay of the of the herd army. And will these be human? And they're like human sized. Is that what you is that what you're saying? Yeah, they'll be they'll be slightly bigger than humans, so they'll 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 they'll. they'll Hamps, you know, they'll they'll fit at uh, um, a twenty-five mil base. Perfect. You know, so they'll they'll represent the larger the larger beastmen type um, mm-hmm. type miniatures. Tribal warriors um, and that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So, um, and then I think I think the way we're going to do them is, is is the the main warriors themselves will be two two armed, you know, two two legs, two arms, uh, and then like the champions and the 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 chieftains and, and like the, the greater um, versions of them will be uh, four arms, two legs. So you'll oh, pick them out pretty, pretty going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I, I can imagine that, you know, historical Indians, you know, that's a fertile ground when you decide, Hey, I'm going to go fantastic with it. Like there's a lot of cool stuff you could do. Um, be it the gods or the animals that live there. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think the other the other ones that I think that are going to be really cool too are, are and and there's I think there's a lot a lot of companies out there that have these well represented. But um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to do something a little slightly different, uh, which are the Naga. Uh, the Naga are like the basically like like Medusa, like Gorgons. Mm, you just read my mind. Cause I was just thinking for some reason, I, I jungle book popped in my head and I'm like, well, God, you gotta have some snake people, right? <laughs> I mean, you gotta. And so, yeah, Naga would be amazing. Yeah. So they, they they're, they're going to be like the Indians version of like centaurs. Um, that's, that's, that's the intent. Um, so it'll be, it'll be tricky. It'll be tricky to try to get that type of miniature on a, you know, 25 by 50. That's okay. Uh, the one thing that we can always say about Kings of War players is that they're very creative and they'll do what they need to do to make it work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that one, and that's part of the brief too. Um, you know, when I when I send over the brief to the sculptor, um, I tell them both the you know square or rectangular base slash round base that they they have to fit on. Um, so so that's that's an important part. So you did mention. Probably you're looking for this to launch uh, maybe sometime in March. That's hopefully the plan. If we get, if we can get the terracotta uh, Kickstarter um, 100% fulfilled and, and out the door, um, then you know it's going to be a very very quick turnaround to get the the, Indian, the Indians launched. Um, I'm working on laying out the, the Kickstarter as we speak, so I'm hoping um, you know once once those those terracottas are in people's hands and 
they're they're uh, they're they're getting some paint attention, then uh, then the Indians will be coming out shortly thereafter. Be nice timing though, right? If you can do the Kickstarter to launch right before around Depticon, people can come and see you because I'm hoping hopefully you'll be you'll make it to Depticon again, and um, I'm sure you'll have stuff to show. Yeah, I you know I haven't uh, up until I well let me put this way. The long and the short of it is, is that I don't have a booth at Adepticon, um, and I don't know if there's still space. But I've been um, heavily debating about going. Just come, yes, right? Have, just carry just, a backpack around and have your models. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could have the, the you know, the, the jacket full of uh, toy soldiers instead of watches, right? <laughs> yeah, you flip the jacket open. <laughs> Might catch them by surprise when it's like an elephant hanging on the inside of the jacket. <laughs> Hey, I got some, uh, got some, uh, got, got some Indians, some Indians in my trunk, and some broken speakers. Do you guys want some? <laughs> I'm sure you could, t- you'd find some takers. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that our first, if if we don't hit Adepticon, I'm pretty sure our our first show back after uh, a handful of years, kind of being out, um, will be Little Wars. Right. Um, that's the that's the following weekend, right? From Adepticon? Uh, Little Wars is, um, yeah, they're, no, they're, I think they're in the, towards the end of April, like the last, okay. last and that's, in April. And if I remember correctly, Little Wars takes place where Adepticon used to be? Like in you the know, Weston, in in uh, Schaumburg, uh, Lombard? I can't remember which one. I, I think so, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think it's going to be there again. <clears throat> um, I, got, I got the packet. I haven't filled it out yet or, or even looked, but I, I mean, I know it's in the Chicagoland area, so I'm, you know, be easy, hop, skip, and a jump, so... Well, awesome. Did we, uh, anything, anything we forgot to, to ask you that you were dying to share? Um, no, as far as Watchful Eye Studio is concerned, no. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think to be fair, uh, um, you know, we're talking about Kings of War. I, I got, I got two Mantic Kings of War armies that I'm also painting at the moment. So, uh, uh yeah, I think it's did, pretty, pretty full. I did want to ask you, how's that? Didn't you have a challenge with somebody? Yeah, I, I challenged. I challenged Ronnie. Uh, I've known Ronnie for for years. Him and I worked at Games Workshop <clears> together. Um, I challenged challenged Ronnie to a uh, a dwarf uh, painting competition, um, and I ended up God, I ended up assembling probably three thousand points of dwarves and got them all primed and um, got a got a lot of painting done. Um, but I was just kind of watching the the post. Um, they just had it and most people just kind of assumed like if I painted one dwarf, I was going to beat Ronnie. So I didn't, <laughs> didn't really seem to, uh, hold the interest of the public. Um, so it just kind of, it just kind of died on the vine. That's unfortunate, but you know, I mean, let's be honest. I'm sure Ronnie has some, like some kind of sweatshop working on in the background and actually painting his models for him. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, 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 yes, he does pose for publicity pictures, holding the sprue occasionally. <laughs> Well, I tell you, you know, he, he was he was he, he was part of that that third uh, that third edition kind of launch kind of um, you know company uh, company paint project, and and I don't know if those were heard his dwarfs or not, but they they were painted. They're painted. I don't know by who. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 also doing a uh, at one of the local stores um, that's that's relatively close to my my home. Um, Grognard Games. Um, Grognard. Todd Warren, great guy. Yeah, yeah. Todd's Todd's an awesome dude. He he goes to Depticon every year, and um, 
uh, I've known him since forever and, uh, he's, he's doing a kind of a grow, a grow league at his store. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I ended up, uh, picking a new army, uh, and I'm doing, um, the, uh, uh, the abyssals. Nice. Yeah. They've got, we got a lot of friends in that, in that slow world. Dan Z's in it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Todd's Grognard games. is a great store. If you have, for those that are in the Chicagoland area, um, awesome space. I like the fact he's got, you know, it's wide and open bathrooms are clean and, uh, he really fully supports Kings of war. And I, and I really like the fact he has like used models for sale. thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great, great store. If you haven't been, you should uh, definitely get up there and check out Grognard games. Now, it, technically, Joe, that that's not in Chicago, right? It's in one of the suburbs. Yeah, he's uh, he's in Roselle, um, which is uh, like a northwest northwest suburb. Um, it's it's right. I mean, it's it's within a, a couple miles of where Adepticon's held in Schaumburg. Well, Joe, we wish you all the best and uh, keep us up to date. You know, obviously, we posted a link to the your your survey and some uh, link to your um, your website on the website on our Facebook page today. You know, it's got a lot of buzz, so you know. The trick is just going to have to be to keep up that hype <laughs> for two more mm-hmm. months until we can, you know, or a month and a half, whenever we see the, uh, the the next Kickstarter. And good luck finishing up the historicals, Chinese historicals. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Thank you. And um, yeah, I, I, as we, I think as we get closer, there'll be more, more and more stuff painted. And, I, you know, that'll be the, the fun part is starting to post um, some painted stuff. And I'll be happy to, to post it on the, uh, you know, on the. That's all for tonight. And thanks for joining us. And don't forget, keep on countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.